This is a HeadGum Podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom, I'm fired up. Yeah? How come? Just normal kind Just of normal uh, fired lust up. for life. Wow. Uh, well, I'm injured. I'd like it. Yeah, we'll let the the record show that you're injured. How did yeah. you, what? What's I don't injured? know what happened. I it, it, my Achilles tendon really hurts on one foot. This is not both. Yeah, at least it's not both. You're right, but uh, I don't know. It keeps hurting more and more. I've got ice on it right now. And you now. didn't do. You're not a very Tom. Mm-hmm. Is this gonna offend you? <laughs> you're not a very active person. No, so that's, that's not offensive. Right? No, I I I'm trying to be more active, yeah. but it's hard when my body is working against me. Yeah, in such a cruel way. So if I can describe what's going on now, uh-huh. <laughs> right now you're readjusting. You have a belt around your ankle. Yeah. Well, the belt was your idea. You had, and it's uh, securing an ice pack yeah. in place, but not very well. Not very well much. at all. I'm going to do it with my hand from now on. Okay. If only my hand hurt too, this would be great. <laughs> yeah. Ice packs, Tom. Yeah. I don't think they actually do anything. <laughs> You don't think anything does anything? Yeah, I think you just got to power through whenever no, you have No, ice packs, pain. when's the last time you've used an ice pack? Um, not that long ago. I've had, like, neck pain Why'd or you use it if you don't think they work? Because what else are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, you can try complaining about it on a podcast. Yeah, I mean, is it working for you? It's probably it is, working about as it's well as the ice. It's making me feel a lot better. No, the ice helps because it's, it's, like, inflamed. I can feel it's, like puffy for some reason yeah so it's uh it's helping lower that inflammation yeah tim i'll be running a uh, hundred yard dashes back and <laughs> forth here before the time the episode's over yeah i think i think i think you're gonna be okay but yeah. i really wish you would uh i just want everybody to know that i'm doing this on un- not under duress that's what i was gonna say <laughs> like you were uh holding no, no, a gun to my you're, head. uh heroically yeah a, a true professional injured yeah. Like uh what's his face? The uh the famous quarterback from the recent Super Bowl. <laughs> uh Mahomes? Yeah, didn't yeah, he like yeah. screw up his ankle? Yeah, it, yeah. This we is have, exactly we like have a Pat lot Mahomes. in common. Yeah. Yeah. Pat Mahomes? Um maybe. Pete Mahomes? <laughs> Peppy? Peppy Mahomes? <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking Peppy LePew. Tom. Yeah, I'm and guess what? Uh he's been canceled. Peppy LePew's been canceled for what? Uh, Tom, for trying to find love, he wasn't trying. He he was doing it in a bad way. Speaking of canceled <laughs> uh, th- th- cartoons, uh-huh. Tom, this week, yeah, we're talking about Dilbert. Yeah, Dilbert. Well, Dilbert hasn't been canceled. Well, I mean, I guess his strip, comic yeah, has, yeah. like literally. Yeah. All right. Against all odds, mm-hmm. it's 2023. Yeah. And Dilbert is in the news. <laughs> kind of. I feel like the creator of Dilbert's in the news. And as a result, like as a footnote, it's like you probably didn't realize that 
papers are still running new uh, strips of Dilbert every day. Uh, well, they're not anymore. Right. So Dilbert is a comic strip that mm-hmm. appeared up until recently primarily in newspapers. Yeah. And newspaper comics, particularly at this time, mm-hmm. is the weirdest freaking world, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know too much about what the current comic strip landscape well, looks like. Well, the way that I'm thinking of it is mm-hmm. that like newspaper distribution, <laughs> right, like, distribution is like at an all time low, right? Mm-hmm. Like fewer yeah. and fewer people are reading the newspaper. In- yeah. And if you're interested in newspaper comics, mm-hmm. you can just go to the syndicate's website, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. The- I don't even know if newspapers, you know, if you're reading a newspaper online, yeah, I don't if you think can you get can, their funny pages. I don't think you can. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you can get, usually you can get like the word jumble and the uh, uh, crossword and online? stuff. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, for some papers, at least. I, but again, I'm thinking maybe like papers that do their own. Yeah. Not ones that carry like syndicated yeah. uh, crosswords or whatever. But I think that stuff you can just get. Like you can go to a comic site and just mm-hmm. be like, hey, here's today's Dilbert. Here's yeah. today's Peanuts. Are they still running classic Peanuts? Probably. Why not? Peanuts is great. Mm-hmm. Peanuts, Tom. Yeah. Is great. <laughs> that, you said that already. You got Charlie Brown, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Lovable loser. Uh-huh. Um. You got he's lovable to us, but like literally everyone on the in the strip treats yeah. him like crap. You got Lucy, who's mm-hmm. just a jerk all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like Linus too, I think. <laughs> yep. Yeah. At least three characters: Snoopy, yeah, Woodstock. See, I think what happened is as kids, mm-hmm. you got Snoopy there, and uh, you think like, oh, this is a like, talking dog comic. Yeah. He but no, talk. it's about sad kids. <laughs> yeah, it's about depressed children. And a dog that doesn't talk and uh, has a friend that's only a bird. Yeah. Not only a bird. Only has a friend that's I a mean, bird. he is only a bird. Yeah. He's like a pretty smart for a bird, though. Yeah, I don't know. Whenever he talks, you just, you just see like little sticks in the bubble. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the world of comic strips in 2023 is is weird to begin with. But like, it's always been weird. It It's crazy that there are new comic strips every day. Like that's, that's a lot to do. Not a lot, like no, very few comics are drawn very like, you know, in, in great detail where you right. look at it and be like, Oh wow, that must've taken hours to draw. But to come up with like a joke that works in like three panels. It's very, it's a very funny medium that is like in the newspaper, <laughs> we're going to print like a series of like one-liners. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> With like goofy characters. And this will be in the newspaper for some reason. Yeah, there will be little um just like little jokes they like but not very funny, not like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Maybe you'll get a huh out of it. Yeah. And I then, mean the lockhorns mm-hmm. consistently funny. Well, that's even that's a one panel, yeah. right? Mhm. I think I'd rather draw a one panel than a three panel. I think I'd I'd do a better job at that. That's harder. I mean, yeah? it's a lot less to draw. <laughs> well, it's a one, third less drawing. Yeah, but one panels usually less. have more detailed drawings than three panels, I feel like. Maybe. It depends on, hey, huh. if we're thinking of uh, Walt Kelly's Pogo. Yeah. Then, uh, you're, but like, 
back in the day, back mm-hmm. when it was like, you'll be on the front page, you'll be like, Paul, Pearl Harbor was attacked. And then you'd be like, <laughs> oh God. And then you like go to 30 pages in and like, then it would be like a full color, yeah, full, um, well, full page. Not not when Pearl Harbor was attacked. <laughs> Why they didn't have full color newspapers then? The the funny pages. I don't been. think they had. Not for the funny. Well, we'll put the Pearl Harbor being attacked in black and white, but make sure uh, peanuts is in color or whatever. Peanuts wasn't around back. Yeah, then. Yeah, no, that's when like Pogo and like Crazy Cat or whatever <laughs> was like. Uh, really I don't big. think so. I think that was before all that. I don't know, Tom. I think that was still when they had like a like the yellow kid. Is that what I'm thinking of? The yellow kid. There was like a uh, an old comic that was like the yellow kid, and it's like where yellow journalism comes from. The uh-huh. the phrase I forget. Look it up. Go to a library. <laughs> what are you coming to this show for information <laughs> for? Um, um, yeah, and then like it just got scaled back more and more, mm-hmm. but people were still like, yep. We need to keep the funny pages in here. Yeah. And it well, wasn't necessarily for kids. And then there was like serious ones like Apartment 3G. <laughs> well, I think also since all of these are syndicated, that it must just be that the newspapers pay so little for it, you know, on mm-hmm. on average. That's like, look, the funny pages costs to license that every day costs less to fill a page than it does paying reporters uh, or whatever. Yeah. So like, so why not just keep running it? Yeah. So they just lay off the reporters and syndicate more. Then wouldn't they want more than three panels? Wouldn't they be like, Hey, well, that's what Sunday's for the Sunday papers. Yeah. But the way that I, so the only comic that I really know about besides Dilbert, oddly, <laughs> yeah, which is, we'll uh, get to, Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, of course. And it's a uh, uh, wonderful creator, uh, Bill Watterson, mm-hmm. who's just like a, a crank in the best way. Right. The, the um, anti Scott Adams. Exactly. And he uh, he would always like fight the newspapers because they wanted to give less and less space mm. to the comics. Right. And it'd be like, if it's really that cheap to syndicate, wouldn't they be like, yeah, sure, we'll pay the same price and just give us a six-page Calvin and Hobbes every Sunday, right? Um. Well, I, I wonder if that had to do with the... yeah, the, ink by the barrel. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the Sunday paper, like the color comics, I remember like a lot of Calvin and Hobbes comics were huge. They're, they yeah. took up like half the page. I know. He negotiated that. He was yeah. just like, uh, you know what? I don't want to... Like, they, like uh, they would often... Mm-hmm. So like, you know how it's like three stri- three rows? Yeah, in yeah. The, a lot of, uh, in the Sunday comics, right? Mm-hmm. So like, um, it'd be a rectangle, like split into thirds. Yeah. Um, and the top, like the, 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 the top row mm-hmm. of, of panels would always have to be a throwaway joke because a lot of newspapers would cut that off oh, and just okay. start with the second and just sort of the second and third. Mm. And Bill Watterson was like, no, like if you <laughs> want my comic strip, and uh, yeah, then don't don't throw and, part like, of it away. Newspapers were like, no, we'll buy it and do what we want. And then like he like I don't know, it's just like okay, I'll stop. We'll stop giving it to you. Yeah, he played chicken a lot and he won. Yeah, he went on all these sabbaticals and uh, <laughs> his syndicate was just like, all right, we have to let you. He's like, 
if you don't let me do this, I'll just quit. <laughs> they were like, yeah, you probably will. <laughs> just yeah. go live in a cabin somewhere. Well, but I mean, but I... then once they agreed to it, mm-hmm. like you'll see his Sunday comics, like weren't even in panels. It was just like this big rectangle that like he yeah. did whatever he wanted in it. A great man, Bill Watterson. Well, I was going to say that he, he was, uh, you know, like a true, uh, I don't know, like artist of the, of the format. Not to say that there aren't other people that are like that. that. Scott Adams isn't a true artist. (laughs) No, but he was like, I feel like he was really trying to push the medium a lot. Yeah. Like he he was doing stuff that uh, other people hadn't tried before. And, you know, there there are things like Farside that were also doing things people hadn't done before. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. I think like during that time in the 90s was like a very interesting time for newspaper comics. Mostly and, and just it was, the far side in Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, and that was awesome. And no. that one week mm. where Vandals uh, broke into uh, whatever uh, distributed uh, peanuts uh-huh. and drew hair onto Charlie Brown for a full week. Wait, what? <laughs> there, there was a week. I don't know if this was just in our local paper. Okay. Newsday. Or if it was like... Uh, you know, nationwide, uh-huh. but uh, you know, this one Monday through Friday, they printed peanuts, and whenever Charlie Brown was in it, there was hair scribbled on because he had a bald head. Yeah, somebody scribbled hair, vandals, and nobody realized that during like the whole process. I don't think anybody was paying attention to the funny page, and I think they they were like, "This is the strip we got. We got to run it." Like, yeah. We're on deadline they, here. They and ever... they, when they noticed it, somebody yelled, stop the presses. <laughs> right. Uh, and nobody noticed that? I mean, I noticed I, well, it. Well, I mean, uh, or, or no, my question was, uh, did they ever catch the vandals? Why do you say vandals like it was multiple people? <laughs> I mean. They had one who was a lookout. Maybe. How, <laughs> one how do you, who was the hair scribbler. Hair, hold on. Charlie Brown hair 90s. <laughs> Because that strikes me as like having been somebody who worked there doing that. I don't. I, yeah, still a vandal. Yeah, but I can't. But you said somebody broke in and did it. <laughs> and I think if somebody broke so you're, in, you're they saying even it's know an where inside fi- job. That, yeah, I don't think they would even know where to find the newspaper. Like, Maybe. if you had the idea, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to break in and I'm going to put uh, hair on Charlie Brown. Where would you start? <laughs> You you start uh, staking it out. Staking out what? The newspaper stand? You, you gotta do your small research. Time, you <laughs> do it paper by paper. Yeah. <laughs> you work your way up. Yeah. Tom, mm-hmm. it happened. It affected me. Um, they did a little story about it on the news. Yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, and then the lighter side. And I was like, it's not a lighter. This is, this is, this is a so crime. Yeah. It's somebody uh, vandalizing art. Yeah. Uh, but as you alluded to, Tim, you you grew up, you were a big Dilbert head. And is it correct to say you're a bigger fan now than ever? Tom, I wasn't a big Dilbert head, uh-huh. but I enjoyed the newspaper comics. Okay. Even though like, I'd read Doonesbury every day and I didn't know <laughs> what the hell was going on. Yeah. Yeah, I was the same. I always read the comics and like loved Calvin and Hobbes, loved the far side. Uh, like enjoyed Garfield, enjo- yeah, Garfield's enjoyed fine. enjoyed peanuts, uh, even occasionally enjoyed Kathy. 
Yeah, uh, it wasn't for you, Tom. I know, but I I could still read it, and it mm. it broadened my horizons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then there were always like weird ones in there where it's like I don't know who this is for. <laughs> who was reading Brenda Starr in nineteen ninety six? Exactly. Or even like uh, I remember as a kid, always getting excited uh, that there was a Spider Man comic strip. But it was not like, in the newspaper I got. Let me tell you, no. That was in like the Daily News or something. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, and that it was, was Daily Bugle. <laughs> uh, yeah, every week uh, when the editor in chief couldn't get pictures of Spider Man, he instead just had somebody draw some and put it in the paper. But they were just like the worst Spider Man comics. Uh, I don't know if they were reprint. I don't think so. They they must have been just for the newspaper. But it was always just like you know a. Uh, 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 a comic book has pages in it. Right. They would still kind of tell the same type of story, but just in like an abbreviated format. Yeah. But not even really. It was like the only but thing. But it's free to a kid. You it is. To go to the, the but the only thing store. they were really pulling from was like the 1960s Spider-Man. Did he fight Doc Ock? Yeah. But yeah, like, but cool. he never fought Venom or right. like any of the newer characters that, that they had come up with. And especially as like, a comic book kid in the 90s that I was like, oh, man, I want to see, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ben Riley, the the clone of Peter Parker that doesn't know he's a clone. Yeah, it's we like, all wanted to see Ben Riley, the clone that didn't <laughs> know he was a clone. But it's like they're not going to put that shit in the newspaper. They're going to have him fight Rhino again. How are you going to how are you going to explain that in three panels? <laughs> exactly. So it was just kind of dumbed down. I feel like half the, most of the comic was just him arguing with J. Jonah Jameson every week. Right. Like a lot of the comic took place in the Daily Bugle. And maybe maybe that was smart. Maybe that was intentional. They were like, you know what? We'll uh, keep these newspaper men happy. We'll set most of our comic in a newspaper yeah. office. Hey, flattery. Yeah, we'll get you everywhere <laughs> in the newspaper world. Um, but I, I remember reading Dilbert as a kid. Uh, but I don't remember it. I, I don't remember like disliking it. Like it, it wasn't like. Um, like uh uh what Bloomsbury Bloomsday Dunesbury Dunesbury what's the other Bloom one? County Bloom County We're that like, also I never had any idea well because like on. those went over my head yeah uh there was like wordplay in them and stuff yeah and it and... was like oh there's a joke about you know Nixon's second presidential <laughs> campaign yeah, yeah. it's like well I don't know what that is um but uh so Dilbert didn't go over my head but it, it but it also never really clicked it, with me. Did go over my head quite a bit because it was a lot of it. Like, okay. Explain what Dilbert is for anybody looking to get into it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, good luck. And I will say, let's start. Um, this guy, Scott Adams, that created uh-huh. Dilbert, um, I don't think he's a good man. No. I think he's a like a bad guy. Yeah. He, he's been a bad guy for a long time. And- but like, also, like, who should know that? Like, <laughs> unless the the comic strip is about bad ideas mm. and bad thoughts and yeah. bad opinions, which it wasn't Sometimes at the time, was, but like yeah. morphed into that. Like, we shouldn't know anything about the guys that draw the comics. Yeah. Right? What do you know about well, but, Jim Davis? But you know about uh, Bill Watterson. I know that he's, uh, I, know he, <laughs> I know his like philosophies on mm. like, um, 
his art. Oh, okay. Right? But like, not I don't like know. his personal I'm, opinions look, about... I probably don't want to know Bill Watterson's personal <laughs> politics, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess what? Yeah, exactly. I know that like he doesn't like commercialization of his art. Yeah. Um, and you know he wants to control um, how... His art is uh, put out there. Yeah, and and who profits from it. And, mm-hmm. like, that's great. That's fine. I, yeah. I respect that. But, like, I don't want to know his thoughts on, like, the Second Amendment. I like, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, what are you making fart noises with it, that That was thing? The, the ice pack. Okay. All right. Is that, is that just good for... Uh, my ankle, although my ankle still really hurts, it didn't. Eh, maybe it did. Eh, it did a little bit. Um, but I think this is this is a main. This is a bad thing about mm-hmm. modern life, is that we know a lot about thoughts of people that like. Why do we know Pat Sajak's politics? <laughs> like, why do we know yeah. anything about um anything like anybody's thinking if they're just like? Well, why do people know our politics, Tim? They don't, Tom. We're ciphers. <laughs> um, but yeah, as you were saying, uh, uh, Scott Adams, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, he, he we, I guess, what was it, a week or two ago it's now? It's in the news. Gilbert's yeah. in the news. He's in the news because he said unabashedly racist things. Yeah, segregationist-like uh, yeah. things that, that white people, black people don't like white people, according to some survey which like he he got wrong anyway and it was like a white supremacist phrase yeah like it's whatever it is whatever Mm -hmm. he will defend his you know in in his shitty edgelord way i don't even know if that's it but like he'll be like well if you use logic technically what i was saying wasn't racist because it's like shut up like yeah Guy stinks. Yeah, and well, and he and he um, blamed the press when it's like it was your live stream. Yeah, and it, and it's like people aren't reading the you know the New York Times account of this. They're going on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and watching this like minute and a half long clip unedited of you saying horrible things. That even even if it was like that was taken out of context, you can't take it out. You can't take what he said out of context. But he's not even claiming. Uh, no, I guess he is kind of claiming it was taken out of context. Right. But again, um, it's like what what context, unless you were pretending to be somebody else saying this. Well, he also says, like, I've been identifying as black for a while because I like to be on the winning team. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I like to help. And I always thought if you help the black community, that's sort of the biggest lever. You could find the biggest benefit. And then he says... Well, uh, that I mean, that is the thing that he's the second most famous for is all the help he's given the black community. Yeah, exactly. And then he said, I would say, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the F away. Wherever you have to go, just get away. There's no fixing this. And then he said that's what he did. Yeah. Anyway, look, Mm -hmm. I didn't even want to get into this. We could have just said, like, he's a bad Yeah, but some people people don't know what what it was he did. Yeah. You know, some people aren't buying the newspaper for the funny pages or are go, going online for the funny pages. This is on the front page, Tom. And happening to see, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the comic book news is comic strip news. 
Dilbert mm-hmm. is an American comic strip written and illustrated by Scott Adams, first published on April 16th, 1989. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that old. It is known for its satirical office humor about a white-collar micromanaged office with engineer Dilbert as the title character. Um, very successful. Very successful in the 90s. I think yeah, it uh, definitely- successful. like. Overlapped with the things that made the movie Office Space. Um, yeah, so yeah, much. you know, as the idea of like cubicles were becoming a thing, uh, and I guess office culture was changing. Yeah, uh, and he just kind of really, yeah, caught into that, ta- tapped into the zeitgeist. I was gonna say like the Drew Carey show. I feel like kind of did that yeah. too. Yeah. Um, of like, ah, office work stinks, huh? Like you have mm-hmm. to work with all these weird people and and your bosses are stupid. and Yeah, about like uh, management being dumb. And right. Like, um, I guess it probably coincided with the larger culture shift from mm-hmm. like manufacturing to office work, right? Yeah, yeah, and companies um, becoming larger. and Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, cut to 1995 when I'm 13 years old. Uh-huh. And so this is like all, you know, the panels are all about like, oh, yeah, like. Um, You're 13. You've just started your first office job. <laughs> yeah, like I had no. Okay, here's. This has been uh, judged the number one best Dilbert uh, <laughs> cartoon by uh, CorporateCompliance.insights.com. <laughs> So, I mean, that is who you should go to for, uh, they would know. Um, uh, so uh, it's Dilbert mm-hmm. and his boss sitting at a table. Okay. And his boss This says, is great. This is like a comic strip audio book. Yeah. His boss says to Dilbert, mm-hmm. according to the anonymous online employee survey, you don't trust management. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Mm. And then there's a panel of just Dilbert silently looking at the boss. Mm-hmm. And then the boss says, oh, right. What? <laughs> you see, Dilbert didn't, he, he, so the, oh, the survey he said he doesn't trust because he doesn't trust, okay, So I for get it. some reason, uh, stuff like that was like, I understand <laughs> the logic of that. Stuff like that, you, you were pissing your pants laughing at it. <laughs> no, I did, I understood the logic, and I guess that is like a clever, technically like a clever, yeah. like it makes sense. Right, and I feel but like that, that. It's not, it's not a culture that I know. Like, right. I was just like, you, that guy must be management. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's, that's it. All right, if I'm going to assume this guy is management, then, right. uh, okay. And I'm, I'm guessing doing. management's kind of like the way mom and dad are for me. <laughs> yeah. I had this uh, uh, a shirt, uh-huh. a Dilbert shirt that said, <laughs> casual day has gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird kid. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was uh, a picture of uh, like uh, Dilbert is walking around in his uh-huh. bathrobe. Yeah. One of his coworkers is dressed up like a superhero. Another oh, one is I walking see. around naked. Uh-huh. Um, and another, it's a, and then should have had, should have called it here. And then there's a man in a tutu. Oh. Which, uh, that's probably, everything else was probably fine to Scott Adams. <laughs> right. Especially like, I should be allowed to be naked at work. Why? Because some women are going to uh, yeah, complain. But that, but that guy shouldn't be allowed to wear a tutu. Yeah. That's disgusting. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know why I was into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you have the books? Did you buy the books too, or just the shirts, <laughs> or, or you just wanted the? Apparel? This is how weird I was, Tom. Okay. Okay, so like this became a thing. Like I could see why this strip became popular because people would clip it out and put it on the walls of their cubicle and like yeah or you know, the refrigerator people get oh it's yeah like, it's this like is this relatable place. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. um but to me so <laughs> he came out uh scott adams was like okay this is i'm gonna write an actual business book You're right yeah and he wrote this book the dilbert principle okay and it was he had a theory you know the peter principle no Matt, it's basically that somebody like in a corporate culture, mm-hmm. a person will keep getting promoted if right. they're good at their job mm-hmm. to the point where they no longer have the skill. Like you're yeah, good at they this get role, promoted get... like one above what exactly. they should and be that's at. where they stay, and uh-huh. that is detrimental to the company because yeah. while they might have been great at these other jobs, like yeah. this is they plateau here and they yeah, don't and, have you, and you, set. you hear that a lot about like people get promoted to management and it's like they weren't they're not a good manager they were good at what they were doing before not managing people doing that right Mm. exactly so the dilbert principle is a satirical concept um which states that companies tend to promote incompetent employees to management to minimize their ability to harm productivity. Mm. I actually like have seen that happen where it's just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, he's a good guy. He's not really good at this. Let's have him manage yeah, some let's people. Let's just have it's him like, be in charge of something. Yeah. Um, but so he wrote a book. Yeah. That was like a, a business book. Uh-huh. And I was 14. It came out in 1996. <laughs> I was 13 or 14 when this yeah, happened. And you're like, I got to figure out how to climb the corporate yeah, ladder. Yeah, I went to Borders Book. Like, my yeah. parents drove me to Borders Books. I bought this. You're wearing your little I, D- uh, Dilbert casual Friday shirt. <laughs> I read the whole goddamn book. I didn't understand any of it. But once in a while, every few pages, there'd be a Dilbert cartoon. Oh, okay. And you're and like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Dilbert. But what was I reading this like management book for? Yeah. And also... Uh, you know, I mean, I was going to say like, well, this guy, no, obviously this guy has no problem talking about things he doesn't know, but by, by my assumptions about like how old he is and that starting in 89, he was like in his twenties when he started, uh, Dilbert, right? Um, let's see. 89. He was born in 57. So he was like in his thirties. Okay. All right, he's he's got a leg to stand on. Yeah, if, if he, not not for writing a a business book, but I mean, he's a guy for knowing that, corporate drudgery. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a chip on his shoulder, yeah. and has always well, had a chip on. his I shoulder. I heard that he got fired from those other jobs for being white. We'll get to that in a minute. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are 
and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like forgetting to mute yourself on Zoom and everyone hears you uh, uh, trash talking your coworkers and farting and uh, pooping in the bathroom. What do you do on Zoom meetings, Tom? It may just be a bit of harmless banter, but what happens if your boss overhears you talking about his receding hairline? Uh, uh, my get boss my office! <laughs> I've told you not to do that! Reynolds, have uh, you been talking about my hairline? Internet service providers... Like my wife... Internet service providers know every single website you visit, and ISPs can and do sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who use your data to target you. Yeah, you ever wonder why you're like, oh, I was looking on this on uh, you know, uh, Twitter. Why am I getting Facebook ads? Because the ISPs are selling you out, baby. ExpressVPN reroutes your network traffic through a secure encrypted tunnel so your ISP can't see or sell your online activity. So simple to use. You fire up the app and you click one button. It doesn't get any easier than that. Rated number one by CNET and TechRadar. It works on phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone can share your Wi-Fi. Everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. Tim, I use ExpressVPN all the time. Wherever I'm, even when I'm connected at home. You never know. I don't want my ISP knowing anything about me. Agreed. They're a bunch of scoundrels if you ask me. Protect your online privacy by visiting expressvpn.com slash guide today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash guide. And you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash guide. All right. So you got Dilbert. Mm -hmm. You got Dogbert. Okay. And now Dogbert's what? A dog that's Dilbert? Yeah, he's a dog. He's not Dilbert. He's his own guy. Well, he's got a name like Dilbert. Yeah. And is he Dilbert's dog? Yeah, kind of. But also, you'll see that he's a little bit of a scamp, uh, hellbent on taking over the world. He's like a proto-Stewie Griffin, your favorite character (laughs) in all of literature. Well, it it, it sounds like he's also kind of like a Snoopy. We're like Snoopy is Charlie Brown's dog, but you know he's kind of an independent. He's out there doing stuff. No, Dogbert is fully talking to Dilbert all the time. Oh, okay. He's somehow in the office, like interacting with coworkers too. Okay, that's not important. There's also Catbert. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Catbert runs human resources. So, cat, uh, an anthropomorphic cat. Yeah. Only from the twisted mind of Scott Adams. <laughs> so, do like uh, talking animals exist outside of these two animals in the Dilbert verse? Yeah, of course. Tom. there's uh, there's also Ratbert. Oh, okay. Um, he's uh, he's as as uh, the Dilbert wiki says, he's mm-hmm. a dim-witted, overly optimistic rat who just wants to be loved. And now, is Dilbert giving all these guys their names? No, why would he name... Well, is he wondering why they're all Bert's, too? No, I think that's just kind of the world they live in. There's also uh, Bob and Don. Okay. And their son, Rex, and they're dinosaurs. What? Yeah. And they Um, work in the office? Unclear. I don't think so. (laughs) They were discovered uh, after Dilbert figured out that dinosaurs were not extinct, just hiding. Okay. 
I don't think like I think did that happen in the nineties or did that happen afterwards? I, I think so. I think there were like some flights of fancy that yeah, was like yeah. just get back to the things where it's like, geez, my boss sure is dumb. <laughs> right. I mean, that's always been the craziest thing about these comic strip uh writers is like the volume of comics they have to produce and the like uh kind of like guide rails there of like don't try anything too crazy here uh because then people are going to be mad about it right like it you have to give people what they want every day yeah but you also have to spread your wings and fly and get rat bird in there (laughs) (laughs) just a rat an optimistic rat that just wants to be loved yeah all right um there's a lot of stuff and I don't know. I think this might have reared its head in the 90s, but mm-hmm. things were just like a little less um, of a pressure cooker. Right. But like, I'm sure there was so much about PC culture um, in oh, the yeah, strips yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like everybody joked about that. <laughs> yeah. And there was kind of more of a... Uh... Like, uh, it it wasn't a, like, political thing. It was kind of like everybody was like, like, uh, PC culture. Because a lot of times it was used, I feel like, by politicians to kind of, like, talk their way out of something they've yeah. done or, or minimize something they did by using different language. Yeah. I did read, like, I was reading about Scott Adams' deplorable <laughs> political views. Uh-huh. And it seems like he has evolved. Like, at one point, he was just like, uh, I think in 2015, he said he's apolitical and doesn't vote. Yeah. And then uh-huh. a couple of years before that, he's like, yeah, I don't know anything about politics. I'd be inclined to just uh, follow anything Bill Clinton says because he's the most reasonable man I've ever seen in public life or something. Yeah, yeah. Cut to like two years later when he was just like, Hillary Clinton's the devil, and she's yeah. sending kids through Wayfair.com to Tom Hanks to be feasted on. Yeah, yeah I think, the, yeah, there's something along I don't, those lines. I don't think he, he didn't go like QAnon, right? Oh, I, yeah, I don't know uh, if uh, yeah. I don't if he's a QAnon guy or not. Who? Hey, who cares? Yeah. Uh, Q cares. That's true. About you, Tom. <laughs> I know, that's why I hang on to every word. Uh and there's a yeah, so there's this uh, there's a female coworker Tom mm-hmm. named Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, she's opposed. She's to the, the one f- with the triangle hair. Yeah. Okay. She's opposed to the feminist views of the company they work for. Oh, so the perfect woman. Yeah. In Scott Adams' eyes. Um, the, I, and I'm reading the the Dilbert Wiki mm-hmm. descriptions. So there's Asoc. Okay. He's the young, eager Indian intern. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's right. a garbage so man. Far, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a garbage man who's a genius, which uh-huh. is like, you know, goodwill hey, hunting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is a uh, there's the pointy haired boss. Oh, and he's okay. the dumbest guy in the strip because he's the boss, right? And we know about the Dilbert principle, right? Of course. Um, <laughs> I live my life by it. This is a guy uh, that uh, I never. I don't remember coming across, but I think he might be my favorite guy just based on this. His name is Loud Howard. (laughs) All right. And Loud Howard is an extremely loud, well-meaning, yet extremely gullible engineer. I bet he's fun. Yeah. But I bet he's just like, uh, you know, there's a lot of jokes about how, like, management told me that 
hiring women is good. And then yeah, the dog bird explains like, uh, why that's not good in a wry way. What is uh, Dilbert's personality? He doesn't really have milk one, right? toast. Yeah. yeah. Like he, like he's he's kind of like almost the straight man. Yeah, he's frustrated. He's mm-hmm. uh, described as okay. Um, he tries to find logic and righteousness in an evil and crazy business world. Wow! So he's a hero in a way. Yeah. Uh, it's weird that you were uh, real into Dilbert because I think around this time when I was a kid, I got a uh, uh, real into Dennis Miller. Really? Yeah, and watching the Dennis Miller show. Kids with HBO, uh-huh. HBO households were way different. Yeah. Because like you and Dan had uh-huh. HBO and you were watching like Dennis Miller and Larry Sanders and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And like you got and I was just like, I don't know, watching Ren and Stimpy and reading Dilbert. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were pretty sophisticated. Uh, yeah. and don't forget real sex. I know. But only if, only if everybody else was asleep and, uh. Everybody knew what was going and on. And you could, uh, I remember I would have my, uh, finger constantly, like, half depressing the last channel button. Oh, that yeah, would just bring just you to case, a different yeah. channel. So if I heard my, my parents' bedroom door open, I could just very quickly hit that. What a what a I mean that was also back when like TVs would take a while to change channels. (laughs) What a bummer of a show! Oh, real sex? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we shouldn't have been watching real sex at that point. We should have been watching uh, fake sex. Yeah, yeah, because it it was too real a lot of times. I mean, maybe that was good. Maybe that was healthier. Maybe that gave me a a more realistic uh, view than if I was watching. you know, I don't know, like Cinemax or something where everything was uh, all pristine and perfect. And it wasn't just like, I don't know, a bunch of people who looked like they were uh, like uh, high school art teachers swapping wives. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like all like swinger culture and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, there would be like, yeah, there, there were just not very, not very good looking people on that show. And like nobody under the age of like 50 on that show. But, uh, you know, you got to remember the Internet wasn't around yet, kids. So you had to uh, find yeah. find titillation where you could. It's true. Tom, mm-hmm. Dilbert Mania reached its peak, I think, in 1999. Mm-hmm. I would argue it reached its peak uh, two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and it's been downhill ever since. They made a primetime cartoon show. Oh, yeah, on UPN, right? On UPN. I remember that. And this is the thing. Okay, so it ran for two seasons. UPN was what the CW was. The CW and the WB Two new networks that came out of nowhere. No, and, no, UPN and the WB. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, no, you said CW and the WB. Oh, no, I said they became the CW. Okay, 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 then they later combined and became the CW. Right. Um, which I don't even know what the CW stands for. It's uh, Columbia it's a, Warner yeah, or something, something like that. Like yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, but UPN was the United Paramount Network. So yeah. Paramount Plus before Paramount Plus. Yeah. And uh, Warner Brothers TV, and uh, especially UPN. UPN, it did not seem like they knew what they were trying to be. No, they, and they their did not shows have a frog. Going, all... Hello, my baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, like the WB at least was, I feel like, kind of leaning on Warner Brothers IP, right? 
Um, but UPN was just kind of like, I don't know, all over the place. Like they tried to dabble in adult animation with uh, not what you're thinking, Tom. I saw your eyes go <laughs> wide. It's like, wow, they put that on TV? <laughs> um, with Dilbert. And I think they did a season of home movies. Do you remember that show? Oh, the yeah, yeah. Squiggle Vision mm-hmm. show. But then like it was also the home of like Moesha. Yeah. And I think. Uh, and they had that show about uh, Abraham Lincoln's slave. Yeah. Remember? The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm surprised a, uh, a, a succinct title like that didn't roll off my tongue the way it did yours. Well, you alluded to this earlier, mm-hmm. but um, uh, Scott Adams mm-hmm. um, in, <laughs> in June of 2020. Okay. Remember what was going on in the culture then? <laughs> yes. Said uh, he said on to his followers on Twitter that uh, the Dilbert cartoon show mm-hmm. had been canceled mm. because he was white, right? And UPN had made a decision to shift towards African American viewers. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. it does seem pretty obvious. That UPN made a decision to uh, shift toward African-American viewers. Yeah. But Dilbert probably wasn't canceled because he was, because Scott Adams was white. Yeah. It's probably because the show did not appeal to African-American viewers yeah, they were like, that the, the, the well, network was targeting. Yeah. It's not like, hey, all the white people get out of here. It's like all the shows that aren't hitting our target demographic now. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they they saw a hole in the market that... that uh, and, pro- and like you said, they, they had... Uh, or like we listed some shows... Mm-hmm. They threw a lot at the wall, and probably yeah. they saw we're getting the best thing with uh, we're getting the best results with shows with primarily black casts. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, targeting you know an underserved audience uh, in primetime network television. Yeah, and and yeah, there's yeah an underserved audience. So like, let's pivot and have that be. And then somebody raised their hand and they said, uh, "Should we keep like the whitest show anybody's <laughs> ever made on the network as well?" <laughs> And they were probably like, what? Oh, Dilbert? No. And also, like, you can chop that show around when it gets canceled. Yeah, I'm sure... Home movies landed at Adult Swim. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that, uh, you know, again, you you can't take Scott Adams at his word, that I'm sure there were other things that was like, oh, also, this show is, like, costing a lot of money to animate, and it's not that popular. When that came out, that was, like, after Dilbert's peak. I yeah, like. yeah. Tom, um, I'll tell you this much. Mm-hmm. You know who developed the show for TV? Who? Larry Charles. Oh, wow. Like the most subversive Seinfeld writer. Yeah. The director of Borat. Mm-hmm. Um, did just like a bunch of crazy things. Yeah. You know who... All right. You know who was the voice of Dilbert? Who? Daniel Stern. Oh, wow. All right. You know who was the voice of Dogbert? <laughs> who? Chris Elliott. Wow. This this show has a freaking pedigree. Larry Miller was the pointy-haired boss. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Tom Kenny. Uh, yeah. Uh, SpongeBob, SpongeBob himself. He... <laughs> He did the voice of Asok, who is the... Mm, yeah, that, that uh, would probably, fly nowadays. Yeah, I don't think... Um, Jackie Hoffman, who you probably don't know by name. No, yeah, that name you know, sounds... You oh, know yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. She's from Only Murders in the Building. She's not, yeah. She's like, mm-hmm. So she played Dilbert's mom. So you okay. got... Oh, Jason Alexander played Catbert. Oh, wow. Um, All right. So, yeah, and this was around the same time he was doing Duckman, if I'm not, <laughs> exactly, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. 
So you got Dilbert, Dogbert, and Catbert. Uh huh. What do you think Dilbert's mom is called? Mombert? No, Dil Mom. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, uh, you got to keep people on there's their toes. There's no consistency in the world of Dilbert, Tom. They'll always keep you on your. So anyway, uh, John Favreau uh, did an episode, mm-hmm. Eugene Levy. Chaz Palminteri. Wow. Star studded. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. There was a really great episode of News Radio that mm-hmm. uh, oh, in the 90s were Dilbert Mania. Yeah. Right? Where uh, Andy Dick's, uh, I bit my tongue saying Andy Dick. <laughs> Shouldn't talk about him. That's God telling me not to <laughs> talk. So Andy Dick's character, Matthew, becomes obsessed with Dilbert yeah. after it's wildly popular, but he thinks he's the first person to discover it. Uh-huh. Um and Scott Adams made a cameo, but not as himself. Yeah, I, I saw a screenshot of that on Twitter this week where it just said cursed image. And it was Andy Dick, Scott Adams and Joe Rogan yeah, exactly. all in a shot together. Yeah, imagine imagine <laughs> what that set was like that day. Yeah. Then you had like, yeah, I don't know. Weird show. Great show. Very good radio. show. Yeah. Um, best use of Joe Rogan ever. Yeah, I mean Joe Rogan was hysterical on, on Joe news Rogan radio. Was Joe Rogan, too. Yeah. Just like a dumb guy who like kind of knew he was dumb, but also yeah. just believed in conspiracy theories and ran his mouth a lot. <laughs> uh yeah, and he wasn't uh like all roided out yet. He <laughs> yeah. just looked like a regular guy. Yeah. You know who originally was cast as him? Who? Ray Romano. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Fired after the pilot. Wow. I mean, I can see that Ray Romano uh, wouldn't fit that role as no. well. No, I yeah. mean, what role is it? That, like, it's like, oh, uh, it's either a Ray Romano or Joe Rogan. It's down to the. <laughs> a lot of times, it comes down to that in Hollywood. Um, one other thing mm-hmm. indicative of uh, of uh, Dilbert mania, yeah, is the Dilburrito. Oh, okay. Um, and what was that, Tom? It was a burrito. <laughs> And where could you find this? Was this only at Scott Adams' house? He would make them for uh, guests. Sorry, I, I I had this up. I closed the window. Uh huh. Um, How many seasons of that cartoon were there? Um, is, is two. That, oh, it got and it, oh, got, okay. it got canceled. I was going to say that that also strikes me as the kind of thing where, uh, like it could have gone on for like nine seasons and I didn't hear about it ever. Yeah, and also two seasons. In animation, that means they got started on that second season probably before the first season had even aired. Yeah. You know, so it's probably like, look, we're committed to making two seasons of this. And then I could definitely see by the second season it being like, it's not catching on. Yeah. I mean... I I mean Dilbert Superfan. We, we've 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 looked into it, and unfortunately, your demographic of thirteen-year-old boys have aged out <laughs> by the time the Dilbert cartoon came around. Um, the Dilburrito mm-hmm. was a vegan microwave burrito introduced in 1999. Okay, same time uh, they launched the the yeah. TV show by Scott Adams Foods Incorporated. <laughs> God, why? Um, um, I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, his inspiration for the product was that quote: "Diet is the number one cause of health-related problems in the world." I figured I could put a dent in that problem and make some money at the same time. His aim was to create a healthy food product that also had mass appeal. Mm-hmm. 
which uh, which a concept he called the blue jeans of food, which like <laughs> I don't think blue jeans are like healthy. <laughs> I mean, the, the the analogy breaks down a little bit, but I think he was just kind of like, I want to make a microwave burrito that like isn't bad for you, right? Like, um, again, noble cause. I think this is just a guy. Mm-hmm. I think at many times just had too many ideas in his head. Yeah, I was going to say that that like uh, that str- that I feel like uh, says a lot about him. That he's like one of these guys that thinks something like that is like the solution to society's ills. Like, oh, if only there was a healthy microwave burrito. I'm sure that microwave burrito was not that healthy still. It was still like processed to hell. Probably had a ton of salt in it. Well, Tom. Mm-hmm. The New York Times uh, said the burrito could have been designed only by a food technologist or by someone who eats lunch without much thought to taste. Mm. Um, but Scott Adams. Oh, okay, so at, yeah, then that's the other way it could go. That like it is healthy, but it tastes like cardboard. At like this is the thing before people get brain worms. Sometimes mm. they can be self-deprecating. Yeah. Scott Adams said the mineral fortification was hard to disguise, and because of the veggie and legume content. Three bites of the dill burrito made you fart so hard your intestines <laughs> formed a tail. Wow. Which is like, all right, it's a, it's a funnier joke than I've ever seen in Dilbert. <laughs> yeah. It's also probably something that he, he spent like $50 million of oh, his yeah. own money. But, but, uh, but he, he's got a lot of money. This is my thing about Scott Adams. Uh-huh. Like... Before they took Dilbert out of all the, before his syndicate mm-hmm. dropped him, before yeah. they took it out, he was probably like rolling in the dough. Yeah, I have to imagine. I was thinking about that because uh, he said something on Twitter about like, well, my my like uh, primary source of income has dropped off, and it's like your primary source of income at this point, I'm sure, is investments. Like, there's yeah. no way that uh, that you're getting paid. I'm sure his like rate has stayed stagnant maybe even gone down over or maybe not the rate but it's like there just aren't as many newspapers out there anymore we can't pay you what we were 20 30 years ago i'm sure he's got more money than god yeah that that he was not relying in any way on that money this just feeds my theory Mm -hmm. that when you get a certain amount of money yeah shut the fuck up and go away (laughs) like you're only doing yourself a disservice. Like same thing with like JK Rowling, like Mm -hmm. just go with your billions of dollars, have your thoughts, tell your friends about them. But like, you don't need to do this. And like Scott Adams, you didn't even need to keep, like you could have just gone to your syndicate and been like, all right, let's run 2005 through 2010 Dilbert for the next five years. We'll send those to newspapers. <laughs> see if anybody notices. Yeah, I bet nobody would notice and be Hell, like, "Oh, they yeah, notice that somebody drew hair on Charlie Brown." Exactly, vandals, Tom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some claimed it was an inside job. <laughs> I've I've heard that somewhere. Um, but like, just shut up. Like, I don't understand why people who are super rich and have mm-hmm. like he he said like he's a guy who like he does a lot of writing yeah. um and he, yeah i was i i looked it up because he said like oh my next book got canceled and i like looked it up on amazon he's got like 20 books that are like yeah he's got some about like business yeah. type things and like 
again, he's got a lot of theories. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, it's like, oh, I think what the world needs to solve its ills, like to solve disease is a microwave burrito that's healthy, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, it's like, there's some logic to that, but like you're, his, he, he had a book that came out in 2018 called Loser Think, mm-hmm. 2019, How Untrained Brains Are Ruining America. Okay. Um, in the book, he suggests that many otherwise intelligent people are trapped by unproductive ways of thinking. The reason for this is they don't experience they don't have experience across multiple domains and thus are not equipped to think more productively. Like, and well, like, like probably, yeah, yeah, but also like Scott Adams, you don't have to solve this. Well, also like what what uh, experience do you have in that? You you draw a comic no, strip. He's in. The comics business. He's in the television business. He's in the burrito business. <laughs> exactly. It's like you you got into a bunch of other businesses that like pretty much immediately failed. Luckily, you could still keep running this comic strip. Yeah. And like, I'm sure the as bo- long as you don't say anything too racist on a live stream. Yeah. Anything that just like unabashedly like it's not a dog whistle. It's just saying what you actually think. Um. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sure those business books like do okay too. That like he had enough fans. That, yeah, that yeah. There's a reason why they kept like pumping those out. A logic to his business stuff that like he's like okay, yeah, yeah. right. It's not reinventing the wheel, but I'm sure there's like common sense yeah. stuff in there. When he's not saying deplorable things, it's right? Like, All right. Hey, I'd buy a book if you just wrote about <laughs> farting out your intestines or whatever. Um, he does in that book loser think okay um suggest two ideas for a calmer internet all right number one (laughs) the 48 hour rule where everyone should be given a grace period of a couple of days to retract any (sighs) controversial statement they've made he suggested that rule Mm mm-hmm and then didn't take it (laughs) (laughs) right and also it's like Anyone can do that. Yeah. Are you saying the rule should be that we all agree if somebody apologizes within two days? Should it be a law? Like a take back (laughs) law? Yeah. And also like, you know, what's the difference between like unintentionally using like a, not like a racial slur, but like sometimes people put words in stuff and it's like, oh, I didn't actually know what that Mm -hmm. word meant. Um, I don't want to say any of the words, but like, <laughs> and they come out and they're like, I'm, I apologize. Like I'm thinking this happened with, uh, like Beyonce. Right. She put, I think the word spaz in, yeah. in it and that she like, didn't know that it's like, cause that's more of like a, a, a term that's used. I think in, that was Lizzo, Tom. Oh, was it Lizzo? Oh, no, no. I, I think they, I think they might've both done yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, but that's the thing that it's like in the UK, they use that as like a derogatory term. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that person's a spaz where here yeah, it's like, us. oh, I spazzed out. And, you know, when people pointed out to these people, they were like, oh shit, I had no idea. I'll change it. I'm so sorry. It goes away yeah. like that. And that's the thing about cancel culture. It's like, no, pe- when you sincerely just fuck yeah. up and apologize, most of the time people are given a pretty wide berth. Yeah. 
The other thing, the other uh, thing is that was the forty-eight hour rule. This is the the twenty-year rule, <laughs> okay. where everyone should be automatically forgiven for any mistakes they made more than two decades ago, with the exception of certain very serious crimes. Like to know what Scott Adams is concerned is going to come out about him in the nineties. Yeah. Look, if somebody's managed to keep something quiet for twenty years, they should be allowed to get away with it. But I mean, again, it's like, yeah, that pretty much is the way things work. Like people, yeah. if something happened two decades ago, uh, and you show contrition and you show growth, yeah, yeah. Then, anyway. then, then it's fine. But yeah, I mean, I love that all these people have these like kind of like, uh, you know, all these, all these, uh, free speech absolutionists have these like, uh, uh, dictatorial authoritarian ideas about like, <laughs> but we should tell everybody how to think and whether they should be mad or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, He's also like a guy that's like obsessed with like persuasion and he's yeah, like a hypnotist. I, I saw like, he he's been married twice and both times I think it was so like uh you know like women in their early mid 20s. Yeah. Um he took Dale Carnegie training. Oh, okay. Called it life-changing. Yeah. Um That's that's how he became so persuasive. <laughs> that's how he's made so many friends and influenced so many people. <laughs> He's really into affirmations. Did I say this before? Oh yeah, no, you didn't say it before. But I think I read something about that. That like he's he's one of these people that would like write down what he wanted or say it out loud. Yeah, and like he wrote a long thing like mm. in the early nineties about mm. like how he was just like he wrote every day like fifteen times. Scott Adams will be a syndicated cartoonist. Scott Adams will be yeah. a syndicated. And he's like, I know that doesn't put energy into mm. the world. He's like, to me, that was like something that seemed so far off yeah but like writing it that much like tricked my brain i did it every day for six months and it tricked my brain into thinking it was something achievable and it allowed me to actually pursue it's like i think there's a little you know uh, like uh it's not it's not i don't think it's pocus yeah but also it's like it seems harmless and like right it does yeah okay yeah that that takes you three minutes in the morning that's fine yeah but in that article he also wrote i'm not doing any affirmations at the moment mostly because i already have everything i want except a nobel prize (laughs) and that even that wouldn't change my life much which i would argue winning the nobel prize that changes everybody no i don't know if if you're already got like millions and millions of dollars if somebody uh, like him won a nobel how would he win it how would his day-to-day life change uh he'd be more respected he he wouldn't be uh scott adams he wouldn't be like a i don't know just like yeah. a rich idiot it just makes me like i already have everything i want except mm-hmm. the nobel prize then stop <laughs> cash out man yeah. stop talking on the internet just go like yeah if I mean, you like on, writing Dilbert every day, yeah, freaking do it. Yeah, and like I don't want to know anything about you. I want to. I want to pull that casual day has gone too far <laughs> shirt out of my closet and wear it proudly. But I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. Well, no, anytime now, ever again. now it's completely out yeah. of circulation. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a wild thing. I mean, he he honestly like, uh, and I'm not even like trying to uh, shit on him. Not that he doesn't deserve that, but he he seems like an incredibly lonely person. Yeah, 
Like, I think that the reason why he's like doing a live stream every week or every day or something he was doing, it's like, yeah, I don't think he has like people around him. I think he's probably alienated everybody he knows. Sycophants, though. I'm sure he's got some sycophants, but look, Tim, a sycophant's never going to completely fulfill uh, like a narcissist desire yeah. to uh, to to have connection with other people. Yeah, it just seems like he's one of these guys that's like always trying to like logic things and like yeah, and like like along the lines of those like 48 hour rules and 20. Mm-hmm. It's like stop trying to like apply. Yeah. Like, oh, like it's the same line uh, line of thinking of like the guys that set up those tables, and it's like blah oh, blah yeah. blah. Right. Change my mind. It's yeah. Like, I don't think everybody just wants to debate all the time. <laughs> I think people just want to live their lives, and like it's cool, Scott Adams, that you're always thinking about like, well, the reason that people aren't as productive as they could be is because mm. they're not thinking across multiple disciplines. It's like, dude, just. Fucking watch a movie or something. Yeah. Or like, well, and also, go for a bike ride. I also think there's like a tendency of people like that to to be like, I'm going to tackle the big problems. I don't really have any life experience. I haven't really like had a conversation, a meaningful conversation with like he anyone. Worked in corporate America for. <laughs> Almost a decade before he started cartooning. Yeah, but that was 35 years ago. Yeah. Like, I'm saying nowadays that it's like, when do you think the last time he's talked to somebody who wasn't like a sycophant, work for him, or also a multimillionaire? Mm. You know? And these people don't actually get any contact with like the outside world. And then they think, I know the solution to everything mm-hmm. and I know how to impose it on them. And it's like, that's not the way reality works. Also, nobody be... wants that. And you don't have to do that. Nobody's yeah. asking you to solve any problems, Scott Adams. Yeah. Right. But Dogbert might be. Dogbert doesn't need the help. Dogbert, Tom. Maybe, Several times I read he took dog. over the world successfully and then got bored. Wow! Because there was uh, he presided over um, peace and prosperity, mm. and he's like, "Yeah, this is too boring," and he, he gave it back up. So I think there's like a uh, fascist dictatorial <laughs> uh, streak in uh, Scott Adams' thinking too. Like, oh, absolutely! Yeah, like, oh, if I could just rule the world, and if I know, could just tell everybody. Exactly what to do. If I could tell these uh, 23-year-old women that I date and marry that they should stay dating me. I don't know that that's true, Tom. I don't think we should slander the man. Libel. What's the thing? Well, you're you're the diehard fan, so I'll defer to you. Uh, this concludes our discussion about the comic strip Dilbert. <laughs> if you like the show, you can find out more at tcgte.com. You can find our social media links there. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal, Tim. And you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash complete guide, where uh, we, we read books every week. But uh, this week, we're not reading books. We're watching a movie. We just read the Bible. Well, we read an abridged version of the Bible. And then we watched uh, 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 Dogma. The, the Kevin Smith movie, which also was a favorite of yours as a teenager. Yeah. So I was a big is, Kevin Smith. This is, this, uh, I thought teen- Chasing Amy was the deepest movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 
it's Team Tim Week on the, <laughs> on the Complete Guide to Everything in Books, the podcast. Uh, so you can check that out. You get all the back episodes, all that stuff. It's amazing I turned out to be like a semi-normal person. Don't, don't say what I think <laughs> you're going to say. I mean, it's amazing that you're not worse, but I... It, I am a functional I adult... I bought a Subaru <laughs> Forester, goddammit. Have you gotten that yet? No, I had to keep delaying it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you brought it up. Uh, Patreon.com slash complete guide, in case I didn't say that again. Tim, you failed to mention that Scott Adams, at least at one time, if not currently, lives in a castle shaped like Dilbert's head. I did not know that. You didn't know that? No. Search that real quick. Dilbert Castle and take a look at this thing. I don't know if he, I think he, I mean, I don't know who you could sell that to, but I uh, click images. You know how uh, search engines work? Turn, save search oh, maybe, maybe search Scott Adams Dilbert Castle. <laughs> um, I mean, I imagine he still lives in it because. Oh, this thing? Yeah. Because how are you going to sell somebody at Dilbert Castle? Also, I mean, that, that, that that's thirteen. That's like a real. Uh, that's not I a don't know. Picture. A guy like that, like oh, I'm going to live in an actual castle. Yeah. Like anyone will tell you, like actually, castles suck. <laughs> They're drafty and moldy. Like it was the best they could think of, you know, uh, six hundred years ago. But we've come up with better ideas for things. But, uh, I don't know. Only so many structures you can shape like Dilbert's head. Tom, a sales guy comes up to Dilbert. Dilbert's doing work at his computer. And mm-hmm. a guy from sales comes up. Okay. Says, oh, boy. One of these guys from sales. I hate sales. Can you cross-train me to be an engineer? Dilbert's an engineer, uh-huh. I see. Yeah. Dilbert says, Absolutely. All you need is a time machine and a brain with twice as many folds as your current model. Owned. That's not even the punchline, Tom. Okay. Uh, The salesman has second thoughts after hearing that. Maybe I could try marketing. Oh, I see, because... Yeah, yeah, then does Dilbert say something? Dilbert says even he freaking twists the knife. That's just liquor and guessing. Oh. 14-year-old Tim was like, I want to buy a shirt. <laughs> Take my money, Scott Adams. All right. We'll see you next week. I kind week. of get it now. I think it's kind of amusing. I don't know. That was a HeadGum Podcast.